0: Welcome to True Talk on WMNF 88.5 with Summer and Ahmed. We're in the studio. We're one week away from our fun drive where Summer and I will be, um, you know, <laughs> raising money for the station and for WMNF and um, also asking for your support. So um, make sure that um, you support us in that. But we're going to continue speaking about what's happening in Gaza. Every week, atrocities continue to mount, and it's almost like we can't keep up with it. Um, So Summer and I are going to have a conversation on that, and if we have time, we may take some phone calls. Um, I want to play a song for you right now, um, and then when we come back, we will be speaking um, about Gaza. This is WMNF Tampa.
1: حبيبي يا نور العين يا ساكن خيالي عاشق بقالي سنين ولا غيرك حبيبي يا نور العين يا ساكن خيالي عاشق بقى لسنين ولا غيرك i
0: Welcome back to True Talk on WMNF Radio 0.5. Um, Summer and I are actually trying to do something simultaneously here. Oh, you can see me. Okay. Um, we're not supposed to be talking about who can see who. But um, Summer, we have some stories and some things have been happening in the news a lot. A lot of stories, things have been happening in the news related to Gaza that I wanted to take your take on it we have a number of stories what are the stories that you lined up that we're going to talk about and just the latest update is some 30,000 Palestinians in Gaza have been killed so far in the past four months over four months um, since October 7th and the numbers keep rising and now the biggest concern that everybody's talking about that Israel is about to invade Rafah uh, district so and uh, you know You can't hear?
2: Uh, Can I hear myself?
0: Yeah, I I think you should.
2: Okay. So, Ahmed, um, I think one of the news items uh, just came up uh, a while ago. I mean, like a few minutes ago, is that Ireland is going to give 20 million uh, pounds uh, to uh, Androa. And because uh, there is famine going on in the north of Gaza, in Rafah. Actually, as I was driving up to here, uh, Anas Sharif, uh, one of the few reporters who have not been massacred yet and killed and targeted in uh, what seems to be targeting uh, journalists, um, he said that it, really there is famine. People have no flour. They have no uh, cans. They used to have canned uh, food. They hardly have water, and water is not uh, of good uh, quality and consumption for humans. So um, at the moment, Ireland decided to give UNRWA money, and this money, uh, I'm not sure how they are going to get uh, any goods to go into uh, Gaza. Especially in the north, because you have settlers always blocking the road um, and preventing these uh, trucks from entering. And uh, what else? Um, I think
0: your voice is a little low. Can you speak closer? To this we have a new microphone here at WM. I'm
2: always almost swallowing it.
0: Oh, really? You're speaking right into yeah. okay. I just raised you up. Somebody sent me a message saying, Oh, they can't hear summer. Why? Usually, summer is, uh, you know.
2: No, summer is never screaming except at you.
0: Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm always quiet, actually.
0: That is, uh, I'm not sure if that's very true. It's uh, true
2: talk. It has to be true.
0: <laughs> it is true talk.
2: No, I think uh, maybe you needed to raise the volume. But as I was saying, yeah, I have so many, there is a breaking news. Uh, which happened last night, uh, Palestine designated for deferred, enforced departure, DED status, and that's something that was by the White House.
0: Right, it means that they won't deport them. People that are set to be deported back to Palestine, they're going to defer for another 18 months until they deport them, because, you know, where are they going to send them to? And that's the uh, the big cons- big concern right now. Um
2: and uh, there is a, a news from the Haaretz, Israel authorities demolish home of East Jerusalem social activist drawing U.S. air or air, I don't know how to pronounce it, uh, like anger. Um, the U.S. State Department denounced the move by the Jerusalem municipality saying it hurts the efforts to advance sustainable peace and security. And Israel's status in the world. This happened on February 15, uh, where a large police force descended on the home of Fakhri Abu Diab, one of the most prominent social activists and neighborhood leaders in East Jerusalem. These are like, this is not somebody who is pro Hamas or Islamic revolution or even fighting. What's his name? Uh, Fakhri Abu Diab. Okay, so. So, and they demolished his house. Why? Like, because, uh, for instance, in Jerusalem, especially in East Jerusalem, you if you are a Palestinian and it doesn't matter if you're a Muslim or a Christian, mm-hmm. you cannot uh, add a room or a build on your own property. So, Why is that? Because um, Israel is trying to suffocate the Palestinians out of Jerusalem and let them uh, very casually, ethnically cleansing them. Uh, by not giving them a chance to have, uh, you know, more rooms. Like, okay, when you are young, like this property, they he lived on it when he was a baby in the nineteen early 60s. So, okay, now he's married, he has uh, kids, and okay, if they are older, you need a room. Right. So, you apply for a permit and you never get it. So like people, an add on room. Yeah, know. so people build it, and the municipality knows and allows you to build it, and 10, 20 years later, uh, in order to uh, suffocate the Palestinians, just walks in and says, okay, you have a penalty of like $60,000, where is he going to get the money from? So he is given, usually our people are going uh, given two options. You either pay a couple of thousand dollars so the municipality would bomb it, Uh, Sorry, would demolish it or you do the demolishing uh, by yourself. So this is people can Google it. They can go and uh, Google demolishing uh, homes in East Jerusalem. Of course, it happens also in uh, the West Bank and and of course in Gaza, but with East Jerusalem uh, is uh, is done through the lack of uh, permitting. Uh, And this is how they uh, can do it. They usually hire lawyers and what happens is delay after delay after delay, you pay, 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 pay. But then um, I think, and I'm reading here from the Haaretz, the Israeli newspaper, it says in 2010, then mayor Nir Barakat announced a plan to demolish the neighborhood and build a tourist park instead and name it Hamlik Park. The plan was blasted by the international community, including the U.S. uh, President Obama's administration. So this is what uh, they are subjected uh, to. And um, Abu Diab headed the neighborhood committee and conducted the talks with the city officials on behalf of the other residents, like he was speaking on behalf of the other residents. And let me see, according... Oh, So they are planning to demolish most of the neighborhood because it is going to become a park. So you have people living there for God knows how many years, but they want to demolish it to create uh, a park. Okay,
0: so... Those demolitions usually do happen, um, but can... um What's 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 happening though in the demolitions? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, actually, yeah, I'm actually just having a little out. feedback here. So I'm going to play some uh, additional audio, and then we're gonna fix that and come back. Okay. <laughs> Back to True Talk on WMNF eighty eight point five, and now I'm uh, rejoined by my uh, co-host Summer. Yes, Summer, it's um, good to have you also. (laughs) So. We're trying something uh, new again. We're trying to broadcast this, uh, our show live on uh, Twitter. And you can go there to WMNF or actually you can go to our Twitter account. In the future, maybe we will also retweet it to... Make it higher.
2: Sorry. <coughs>
0: um, so...
2: Technology is amazing, Ahmed. Now, uh, we're not we supposed
0: are... to reference any technology while we're doing the show, though. So, Why? but it is.
2: We're here in the studio and we are trying to move into the 22nd century, Ahmed. And uh, we have people who watch us from all over the world. So, they well, need mainly to
0: know. you. Mine, I don't have the same kind of, um, what do you call it, uh, popularity following. following on Twitter
2: doesn't matter, but uh, True Talk is, uh, and WMNF will be famous worldwide. People actually w- watch it uh, after a while. Oh, they Because Thursday is usually an, uh, like, uh, you know, uh, it's like Friday night.
0: Oh, in the in, Middle East. In the Middle so East. So people are watching now Friday night. It's seven yeah, hours and in I do, advance. And so I it's do, 7 p.m. Uh, prime time. I
2: do get comments. And guess what's the number one comment when we do True Talk. I don't know. They think it's in Arabic.
0: Oh, they do? They do. They they all, like uh, how they're many surprised t- that you're speaking English?
2: No, not that I speak English, that there could be such a show in English in the U.S. Because, you know, they... they what
0: ha- language will we speak in the U.S.?
2: No, that they think, you know, there are Arabic, uh, for instance, uh, TV stations and stuff. So they think to deal with such topics that we deal with has to be in Arabic and for an Arabic audience, but not for an American audience in English. And this is part of the freedom of speech that we have here at WMNF, that we can have such a show. That's what I meant. Right. So that's the number one question. Is it, an, hey, is is it, it English an, or in English or is it? Yeah. Oh, even when sometimes I contact people and I'm the email is in English and we're going to have you on True Talk to talk about this, blah, 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 blah. And I give them the link to the station to see that it is really a station. Is it in English? And I always say, of course, it's in English.
0: Right. So. Um, we have a number of stories. I want to talk to you about what's happening with UNRWA, the Unruled. United Nations Relief and Works Agency. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of talk about it. We, you know, there was just all these allegations. Remember when the International Court of Justice had their ruling that they said that there's plausible cause. There's a plausibility that um, Israel is committing genocide in Gaza, and they gave them some orders of uh, what they need to do to not do that. And so far they haven't abided by it. However, on the same day, Israel made this allegation against Anurah's staff that seven of its staff members had participated in the January, in the October 7th attacks on Israel, which uh, right away caused these, uh, as a response, um, Western countries like the United States, Canada, uh, Britain, Germany, and others halted and suspended their funding of Anurah and um which actually created a, you know, a potential crisis because that's the main agency that actually helps feed and provide shelter for Palestinians. Has been doing it for many years, but especially right now, there's something like over a million that they're taking care of. Over a million refugees or displaced people within inside Gaza. Uh, so this is not a. This is the worst time that people could uh, suspend funding for these civilians,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and. So far, many of the countries have said they haven't seen any evidence to back up these claims of these allegations that seven or 12 members of staff, UNRWA staff, United Nations staff participated on October 7th. Have you heard anything since? Has any evidence been put forward to suggest that these guys, that staff from UNRWA participated in October 7th?
2: No, but I think what people don't know is that UNRWA hires at least 60,000 people so it could be that somebody uh, maybe talked to somebody or uh, uh, did something, but it doesn't mean you have to reflect uh, this on um, the, an, an international organizations and a new an organization that serves hundreds of thousands of people. It's like, let's say I did something wrong. Does that mean we were going to punish all of WMNF? And And cut its funding. Or some of these people that, you know,
0: like sometimes the comparison is you have these um, individuals, you know, of course, America has all these mass shootings. Let's say an employee of a company committed a mass shooting somewhere, a Mm -hmm. tragedy or at a school or a university. Do you punish the entire school or university or, you know, their employer? No, they're they let's say they're a criminal committed an act. You don't punish the entire population of 2 million people. No. And then suggest that that's um but however, I think it goes deeper than that. I think there are now and before that there were calls by Israeli ministers that they need to completely defund uh Anrua, and I think part of that is because Honoroa is uh, basically, the agency that keeps the Palestinian identity alive.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Through that, they've you know sustained these Palestinian refugees. They want it. They want what the Israelis are suggesting is that they want a different United Nations agency to take care of refugees. And what those agencies normally do, summer is that they basically relocate them to other countries around the world, like you know whether from Somalia or Afghanistan or others. They take in these, these, or Syria, these uh, di- uh, displaced refugees, and they find new homes for them in other parts of the world. And I think that's exactly what the Israelis want—just another avenue how to depopulate and get rid of people in Gaza.
2: Let me uh, also stress that um, feeding is just a simple part of what uh, UNRWA does because usually it only feeds people who are under the poverty line because the rest of the people in Gaza are not necessarily poor. So let me just read here. I am reading from the UN uh, uh, Works uh, Agency um, website. So for instance they offer educa- education so they have 543000 students 294000 are in the Gaza strip 46000 students are on the west bank 49000 in Syria 39 uh, in 39000 in Lebanon and 113000 students are in Jordan in refugee camps so they have schools for instance my one of my aunts uh, used to teach in the Onruwa school in Syria. And also, a um, stepsister of my uh, husband used to teach history, I think, at Onruwa. She's Lebanese, by the way. But anyways, um, so it's not like it's about food and it's not only about Gaza. You're talking about Palestinians who are in Jordan and Lebanon and Syria. So why uh, deprive them? What did they do? They have nothing to do with this. Another thing, uh, Ahmed, they do is the um, uh, health care. They have clinics uh, for people, again, under the poverty line, people who are poor. Uh, so they have uh, clinics all over Gaza, but also uh, in the refugee camps in in uh, Jordan, the West Bank. So the West Bank does not have any um uh, Hamas uh, going on their <laughs> activity. So why deprive the people in the West Bank from uh, these services like the health services? Also, uh, what they do is uh, they offer loans, um, micro loans, for uh, especially to women and single moms who want to do uh, any sort of a small business, like a home-based business where they can... Um, they take these microloans and they give them these uh, loans. So it's education, it's health. um, It's again, for instance, who coordinated uh, during COVID? How would you uh, offer the Palestinians, whether in the West Bank or in Gaza, with the vaccinations? Because this uh, uh, COVID was spreading all over the world. Uh, there is some, uh, so it was ONRWA uh, that coordinated that. Again, uh, infrastructure, who's going to, for instance, uh, uh, build water uh, purification system? Or if you have uh, homes that are at the risk of collapsing, who's going to help them? So ONRWA is not about food only, It does a million things that can be done for refugees, and it's a UN-sanctioned organization. It's not like... there is no monitoring uh, or, or it's run by arabs or by palestinians or by muslims it's usually run
0: united nations
2: it's usually run, run by sometimes americans sometimes british french whoever is part of the organization
0: but the bulk of their staff are palestinians because that's
2: in the, the city so if it's operating right. in lebanon it they would be lebanese
0: right whoever is or, there or Le-
2: yeah uh, whoever the local, is capable you know
0: employees but the idea is, and I think the number is closer to something like 16,000 staff members, 15,000 staff members, if, even if it's true that seven or 10 of them participate in some sort of criminal activity, let's just take their word for it, um, you don't punish the whole population. population. This is, again, a form of collective punishment. But the question that everybody's asking, is Israel abiding by the International Court of Justice ruling, where they specifically and clearly said that, uh, they have to stop any type of actions that are, uh, uh, you know, genocide in nature or genocidal intent. And they have to enable the, and facilitate the delivery of humanitarian aid. None of those things seem to be happening. And it doesn't seem like anyone can hold them accountable. Uh, they act with impunity. They can get away with it because the United States continue to provide them the support. It, it, the whole world can say whatever they want, but America... Mm-hmm. The Biden administration continues to give them the green light to do what they want. Um, Washington and the White House has become more and more vocal about it, Summer. However,
2: over the top, he said.
0: Yeah, he said over the top in the press conference. <laughs> um, and, and also, you know, the and White Lincoln House... And Lincoln
2: says few words here and there.
0: Right, but they, but they still doesn't change. But they still say, oh, we support Israel's right to defend itself. Is this... Killing 30,000 people, is that really their Actually, right to defend themselves? Are they currently under attack right now? October 7th, uh, they were attacked. Uh, 1,140 people were killed. Uh, many of them are uh, soldiers uh, and security staff. There were civilians that were killed. There were innocent people that were killed that were not participating. Uh, all that. However, what is the proportional response? It can't be 30,000, including 12,000 children and now starving people until now since that since the beginning they said we're going to cut off the water uh, fuel electricity and they're starving them and the world is watching and now you're seeing even the humanitarian aid trucks that are lined up on the Rafah border on the Egypt side trying to get in you have you know the Israeli Israeli government's facilitating these protesters to go there and do a blockade and i think this is orchestrated by the Israeli government by the Netanyahu government uh, because if you look at all their tents, they all are exactly, it's not like just people organically decided to go do a camp or something like you know they did with Occupy Wall Street. Mm-hmm. If you look at their tents, they're all this exact same. It means somebody's funding this operation. And most of them are young people that are just hanging out there and putting their bodies in front of um, these humanitarian trucks and saying, well, not until the hostages are released. Well, if you're concerned about the hostages, the hostages that are in Gaza, Uh, They also need food to eat and they also need water and they also need medicine. So you're not only depriving the Palestinians, but if you really care about the uh, hostages, the Israeli hostages, you would want the aid to get in because that would also save their lives as well. But the one thing that you would notice about all the hostages that have been released so far, Mm -hmm. and even the ones that they freed, they freed two hostages this week. They look like in good health. They're not, you know, I mean, they're not malnutritioned. So somehow the... uh, uh, You know, the group that was holding them was was going out of their way to protect them. And in that same raid, summer, did you see that um, three Israelis were killed? Did you where in the raid where they were trying to free the hostages? Yes, uh, they inadvertently Mm -hmm. killed three Israeli hostages in those raids. Yeah, so that so they were. you know, free two, but killed three. And if you add the three that they killed before, the Israelis had killed, you remember the soldiers that were mm-hmm. carrying or yeah, the, the hostages carrying the white flag and they mistook them for Palestinians and they shot them and killed them. So that's another three that they shot and killed. That's six.
2: And the few bombing. And then, of, the course, bombing.
0: of course, the ones that have been like a few dozen, yeah. maybe 40 yeah. or 50, that have been killed because of bombings. So far, Israel has killed the the, the hostages, the Israeli hostages are being held inside Gaza. Their life, the ones that have been killed, have been killed by the Israeli side so far.
2: I don't think Netanyahu cares as much as uh, he cares about saving his uh, career and saving himself. That's what um, a lot of
0: people are saying.
2: Yeah, that's what tar, the I, I really encourage people to go and read Israeli papers, in the ones in the English language, because you will find a lot of in-depth analysis and you will find more truth and more investigative reporting. And you will find more news on... Uh, the inside politics of Israel and actually, of course, people who are on Twitter, there are so many people who translate um, uh, Israeli TV shows and they just say it so bluntly that this guy doesn't care about killing uh, the hostages or freeing them. He is just about saving his uh, career, his political career, because so many people say or that eventually... He will be put on trial, or
0: he's just ideologically genocidal. That he's, you know, like Ben Gavir and uh, oh gosh, and others. I mean, right now they they um, um, and more proof that Netanyahu doesn't care about the hostages is that he forbade or he blocked the negotiators, the Israeli negotiators, from returning to Egypt to continue negotiations. Uh, this just happened today to continue negotiations in Egypt over the release of more hostages. Oh, even they the don't ones? they don't want I mean, his government or him specifically—it's—it's it's almost like they use this these negotiations as a tactic to prolong things. But right before they're about to strike a deal, then somehow he pulls a plug. Uh, the families of hostages, Israeli hostages, are now protesting outside his house, demanding to say, you know, that uh, mm-hmm. that that he either resigns or continue uh, the uh, the negotiations because they're saying that by doing this. He's basically killed them all, that he's going to, he's accepted that they will be sacrificed for his agenda. So that's something that's really concerning. And it's when are they going to stop and who could stop them? The only thing that people are calling for right now that they have some hope in is that a new uh, United Nations Security Council resolution for an immediate ceasefire that the United States would abstain from.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Because, not, you know, not vote, not, like not, not get involved, veto. Not veto. And not even vote. You don't even have to vote yes or no. Just abstain from participating. And.
2: Uh, Didn't Saudi Arabia call for uh, a meeting?
0: Right. I think, I don't know which country, but there's yeah, supposed I to be a meeting happening to again call for an immediate ceasefire ahead of this Ramadan. Rafah incursion.
2: Ramadan is. Uh, is going, a month away now. Yeah, it's uh, like less than a month. It's on uh, March 11th. Can you believe it? Uh, fasting from sunrise to sunset. What other are, are they going to break their fasting on? Ramadan They're is They're already race.
0: basically fasting right now, but. But at least a, with a Ramadan,
2: of, you break the fasting.
0: A lot of this talk about the, you know, that even Washington is suggesting that that there would be a long humanitarian pause, that this would happen uh, during, Ramadan. during Ramadan and then somehow after Eid, after Ramadan oh and after Eid, start <laughs> this the is bombing diabolic. again. This is it suck. is. This it, is
2: not normal. Enough
0: damage. So, much, so many lives have been lost, so much destruction. Sixty percent of the buildings, residential building, all buildings, all infrastructure Mosque, has been destroyed. Mosques, churches, just about colleges, mos- everything, schools, everything has been destroyed in Gaza. Anything that
2: has to do with survival of the culture,
0: culture. Survival of just anything, any you know, just to sustain life.
2: Jason Shawa and said there are many people think of uh, Gaza as if everybody is a fighter there. On, and there, his daughters used to go to ballet dancing and ballet practice. They have Pilates. They have clubs. They have uh, social clubs. They have beaches. They have hotels. They have. They used to have They had they, had. they used had. to have it Valentine's doesn't, it doesn't parties. I mean. They did they were normal people you have ones that are religious and ones that are, are just not. okay and you have young people and more than 50% of the population is less than 18 years old and this is why the death toll of young people uh, is so high but um i want to uh, you mentioned something about south, south africa ahmed and there is a development that took place on february 13th that the South African government has just made an urgent request to the International Court of Justice to consider whether this is the decision announced by Israel to extend its military operation in Rafah, which is the last refuge for surviving people in Gaza, requires that the court uses its power to prevent further imminent breach of the rights of Palestinians in Gaza. This is obviously something called uh, under Article 75.1, and South Africa is quite active uh, with its pursuit of uh, international law. People right. in I the mean, Arab world—they
0: lived apartheid, so they know. And it's uh, it's a shame that South Africa, not the Arab countries, are taking the lead. Uh, there is this—you know—there's the, uh, anger that's happening in Jordan right now. And uh, Saudi Arabia and other places, because of allegations of this um, um, bridge corridor or yeah, the, the uh, basically this uh, bridge land oh, bridge yeah. land bridge, mm-hmm. because of the uh, interruptions in the Red Sea, where the Houthis have been attacking ships designated or going to Israel, they which has now caused all these uh, freights and. Mm-hmm. Um, shipping containers to go south around Africa, which is, you know, increasing the time, the delivery time by weeks and costing, you know, millions and millions more.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: They actually came up with this other solution where the ships uh, dock in, um, at the United Arab Emirates in Dubai and they are loaded on trucks that drive through the Emirates, through Saudi Arabia, through Jordan, and then arrive to Israel. Uh, basically circumventing this kind of blockade that the Houthis are doing, and those countries, those Arab countries, um, you know, have been doing it quietly. But you know, this one minister of defense—did you see her? Israeli minister of not defense of uh, transportation and was she's bragging,
2: the one exposed, the exposed
0: whole thing. it to say, like, "Oh, this is how we're getting around this." And now there's anger within the Arab world that somehow that these Arab countries that should be loyal to the Palestinians are actually collaborating with Israel um, in this effort. That's one, that's one way that you can apply pressure on Israel for a ceasefire. Sure, help them with their deliveries, mm-hmm. but on the condition that there's a ceasefire. Uh, other than that, why would you continue to aid when there is these threats of genocide that continue to happen in ethnic cleansing? And it's really sad that it's South Africa. And you know, uh, kudos to them. And um, I never thought it would be South Africa w- that who have their own problems that they're taking the lead on this. Mm-hmm.
2: But also, there are countries like uh, Japan and uh, Norway who uh, stopped uh, uh, exporting uh, weapons and certain or wep- parts and parts uh, to certain weapons. But uh, the million dollar question, and maybe Ahmed, uh, this is a chance for people if they want to um join the conversation on True Talk this is True Talk on WMNF 88.5 FM Ahmed and I are the co-hosts of this show and uh, we will be fundraising next week you don't have to wait till next week you can always go to wmnf.org and look for True Talk tip jar and uh, donate uh, we need uh, <laughs> um a good uh, yeah we we don't need, Ahmed and I are, don't get paid to do this uh, wonderful Show or job, but the WMNF needs to stay on the air, obviously. But um, maybe people can join and uh, and join the conversation, Ahmed, because every day uh, people say, "Okay, uh, why Muslims and uh, and um, and Palestinians or Arabs are not voting for?" Uh, Biden, And here is, uh, there was a meeting, the Biden administration tried several times to meet with Palestinians in Michigan. And then, anyways, a group of them went, some of them were shamed, why did you go? And there was this doctor, his name is Rajai Batinji, and he's actually from Gaza, but came to San Francisco when he was very young. And he met with Blinken, and Blinken, he says, was taking notes, taking notes the whole time, as if Blinken really needs to take and notes. And who is
0: this? What's his, he's, uh, he's a doctor. A, he's of a what? doctor
2: of some medical something, but um, he just
0: found some random Palestinian. No, to they meet
2: with? contact. No, the, he, they had the meeting.
0: I understand, but I'm saying, does he have a role in in? The, he has. Is he his, a leader within the Palestinians, or is no, just an average? They just found some some, some some anyone to meet with. It's Rajai, not like the leadership.
2: I've never heard of him, but obviously he's a doctor in San Francisco. He was born in Gaza, and all his family is in Gaza, and some of them were killed in Gaza, so maybe they handpicked him. Oh, but. Okay. He wrote an op-ed saying no uh, i'm just meeting you to listen to our pain and to our suffering and what can you do and uh, the ceasefire he talked about onrua he talked he gave him statistics how many homes were destroyed how many colleges universities all the, these said, things. yeah and it's so funny because and it's sad because he was taking notes like, seriously, instead of looking you in the eye, he was taking notes. Blinken
0: note. knows what's happening there before we even know it. Okay, so...
2: Just like the, you know, when Biden was standing with the King of Jordan, he said, our military operation in Rafah. And he said, no, their military operation in mm-hmm. Rafah. So every comment in the Arabic language said, oh gosh, the guy is telling the truth. Yeah, It's an American Just military...
0: Just like when he called uh, C.C. the president of Mexico. Oh, God. What, what the listeners, so if some listeners don't know this background, um, when President Biden came and wanted to do this, um, he wanted to do reassure the country that, you know, his memory is okay and he was vindicated of, of uh, the case against him about mishandling classified documents, and he had this press conference. Well, one of the follow-up questions was, uh, about Israel and he said well you know I've been talking to the president of Mexico el sisi about getting more aid in I'm putting the pressure I'm doing this on that and you know he misspoke and called him the president of Mexico when he obviously The
2: Mexican president The
0: Mexican president and he's that's so far away from you know Egypt is actually the Egyptian president but what the what the media and Americans don't know is Egyptians have been calling El Sisi, their president, as it with the nickname El uh, Mexiki, which means the Mexican, because in Arabic, El Mexiki uh, or the Mexican in Arabic is El Mexiki, which rhymes with El Sisi. So because in Egypt they don't have freedom of speech where they can openly criticize El Sisi or their president. They came up with a nickname for him and they keep calling him El Mexiki. you see what El Mexiki did? Can you believe this? So now when President Biden called him the Mexican...
2: (laughs) I hope they didn't think that he was jumping on that. (laughs) Yeah. So Egyptians got so happy saying,
0: oh, Biden is so... I mean, they're making fun. Biden must be so smart that he's in tune with Egyptian political satire. Yeah, he knows so much. He knows even Egyptian political satire. Others said, or I'd like to say is that Sisi is so scary that even Biden could not (laughs) criticize him. He had to call him (laughs) a Mexiki. But seriously... I mean, you know, Biden, come on, guys. Biden is, is yeah, that was not reassuring, you know, especially even, I don't like Trump at all, but even Trump, he had a point is, you know, what, when, what? when Biden finishes, you know, when there's a press conference mm-hmm. and there's a stage, there's two ways out, there's right or left, there's like stairs, but only Biden, after he's done,
3: he That's just not nice to looks
0: around him. in circles it's a reflection the rest of the world are watching this and, know. and they're seeing like w- the choice between pr- both sides is just not a good choice at all and then you have one person who's just approving all this genocide to continue obviously it's hurting you in the polls Egyptian I mean Arabs don't want to see you Muslims don't want to meet with you, and you're and young, going down in the polls. Young, young people Americans, don't want to meet with Jewish young Jewish people. Don't, want, don't are are giving up on you, and you don't see that that's a problem. Will you they consider see that changing? that's a problem,
2: Ahmed, And that's why he thought going to Michigan and uh, uh, and go and me, uh, setting meetings with Blinken with his notebook <laughs> that,
0: that, <laughs> that will win that people would, over. Yeah, how yeah. about just how about stopping the war? Wouldn't it be much easier? They would rather lose the election or jeopardize the election than stopping this war from continuing. I, we don't want to even call it a war because a war has two sides that has mili- uh, you know, military units and some sort of balance between them. This is, as someone had said before, I don't remember who, it's like shooting fish in a barrel. These are just people that are sitting ducks and they're getting hit and massacred with the most sophisticated weapons on earth by the most powerful militaries and these are just a bunch of refugees and then all you want to keep complaining about is you know these guys uh and and people are avoiding you know people on the internet now avoid calling them by their real name Mm -hmm. so they call them hummus because the algorithm they they basically say that oh meta and twitter if you say their real name then they'll you know shadow ban you so in the interest of not shadow banning our voices we're going to call them hummus so because Homos are in the tunnels, i mean having hasn 't there been enough destruction already, and if you 're really concerned about the hostages, um, you would want for a ceasefire because you 're also risking their lives it 's just it 's very disturbing it 's so sad to see the amount of suffering that is happening, so many children that are orphaned, and somehow, do you not think that these people that saw all these especially the young people that saw their parents and everyone in their family decimated and killed? Do you think they're going to grow up to love Israel and Yahoo and Israelis? If if you
2: listen, if you see, uh, for instance, not on Twitter, but maybe on TikTok and but more on Instagram, in the Arabic language, young people who come out of the rubble, they say, guess what? I'm not going to forget and I'm not going to forgive and I'm going to do something about it. And some people just very bluntly say, I am going to be the future uh, hummus. They do. They do, yeah. I mean, Arabic. so now
0: that if you wanted to destroy hummus, now you're creating like a whole new generation of them and who knows what will even, they may and even my, be
2: worse. And, uh, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm trying to say because the uh, the level of anger in the Arab street... Okay, people need to understand that the Arabs cannot demonstrate the way we are demonstrating in America and the way Europe is because of the clampdown and because of the authoritarian regimes and because they do arrest people. So it doesn't mean that there is something not boiling under the surface. And usually I always say these things will come back and haunt us and they are going to haunt us in a very negative way. But I want to really mention this news item that I got from... Uh, what is that? Israeli magazine. It's like an Israeli-Palestinian kind of independent. What journal is it called? 972. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So look, like, please listeners, try to make any sense out of this. Okay. So the magazine is saying, on December thirteenth, uh, because they're following this story, Israeli forces raided the offices of the Freedom Theater. The Freedom Theater, a world-renowned bastion of artistic expression in the occupied West Bank city of Jenin. The soldiers ransacked the building and defaced it with graffiti bearing Jewish symbols before violently abducting three members of the theatre's community from their homes. Artistic director Ahmed Tobasi, producer Mustafa Shita, and, the grad- and a graduate of the theatre performing arts program Jamel Abu So when they say where are the peaceful Palestinians and where are uh, the Palestinians who want uh, uh, coexistence or peace or all that uh, that they talk about, well, you're arresting them even if they are doing poetry and even if they are doing uh, art. So Tobasi was uh, released and then a week later, I think they... uh, uh, Oh, Shahata is still... Send, oh, he was sentenced to six months in administrative detention. For doing detention, what? For being an artist. <laughs> because you either have to be hummus and kill you, or a refugee and ethnically cleanse you and bomb you. I think, but if have- you are an artist, that yeah. means you are using peaceful methods. Which is actually <laughs> to, to them is, is
0: actually more dangerous. They see that exactly. as a bigger threat. Didn't we have somebody from this Freedom Theater on before? I can't or remember. We we did have somebody from the... the uh, some a theater group years ago, I think it might it was a freedom we're gonna to have to look back through our archives, but I believe we've had it's so sad because some of the people we 've had on this show are dead are either dead or missing, and it's just and you see the images and you see their Twitter accounts just like Rufoot you know, like what, what did he do to deserve to be killed?
2: He taught young people how to use the English language in order to tweet and, and tell to tell stories. their stories, yeah.
0: And that's his crime, and that's why he was targeted because they don't want they don't want these stories to get out. They don't want these people to be humanized. And when I, you know, when I say uh, they, it does not mean as some people try to misinterpret that this is about Jews or Judaism or the Jewish community. Uh, there are many Jewish people, um, young and old, are in the front lines opposing uh, the genocide that's taking place. There are many people of different faith rising up. This is not about the great religion of Judaism. Uh, this is about a group of um, you know psychotic maniacs uh, that are genocidal that want to mm-hmm. wipe Palestinians off the map. They want to kill all of them. This is not me saying you can hear them in their own languages, in their own words, saying this every day.
2: They were presented these words and the sayings were presented at the case at the ICJ.
0: ICJ and all of it is which there. is the United Nations International uh, Court, Court of, of Justice. Justice. It's there and those justices. You know with a, with a with a vote of something like 15 to 2 and some of them were 16 to 1. All of them said that yes, there is plausibility that genocide is taking place. It's not definitive because they need years to come up with that ruling. However, they're saying it's plausible and it seems like it's happening. And Israel better take these following steps and they gave some orders. And those orders are binding, but that court does not have an enforcement mechanism on Mm -hmm. its own. They don't have their own army. They don't have their own police to go out and enforce this. They rely on the United Nations Security Council to enforce it. And so far since the ICJ, there has not been... Uh, you know, a resolution or the United S- uh, Nations Security Council has not okay. acted mainly because the United States is blocking it. Summer, I'm going to have you have the last word because we're about to wrap up.
2: Okay, because I wanted to mention that the six months administration detention it means they you anybody can be put in jail for six months without a lawyer, without an accusation, without seeing a judge, without a due process, and it's uh, it anybody can be uh, labeled. Uh, anything and be put in administration, uh, administrative administrative uh, detention so this poor guy shahata the artist <laughs> okay uh, in the theater will be serving 6 months in prison and it can be renewed uh, several times but um
0: okay well this is the case. this is what's been happening we have a, about a minute left i want to remind our listeners this is true talk on WMNF we're broadcasting on twitter we are um on summer's Twitter oh music's oh playing okay <laughs> sorry um yeah we're going to have to we're going to have the scoop on next which is WMNF's new or kind of newish uh news wrap up of the headlines and stuff but next week summer when we reunite here we're going to be inshallah. raising money inshallah for WMNF and um I'm getting ready for Ramadan Ramadan is uh, less than a month away And I hope by Ramadan that these atrocities uh, stop and uh, that there's some sort of ceasefire because I don't think the people in Gaza can take that much more than that. So um, we're going to be going to uh, The Scoop next. Summer, have a great weekend. Great weekend to our listeners, WMNF Tampa. Goodbye.